Hey, it's Sam. I did it. Wow, I can't believe it. It is my 10th episode of Sam Cook Live. And believe me, there is so much more to come. I want to say a big thank you to you. All the love, the support, the likes, the comments, the listens, the watches. It all really means so, so much to me. And my guests have been amazing, so wonderful. And I appreciate each and every one of them who took the time to come and sit down and chat with me. And I also appreciate your support on Patreon. Now, Patreon is a place where you can go online to make a small monthly donation. Actually, the funds I'm going to be using to buy new equipment to make the show even bigger and even better. And a big thank you to Robert Kerr for supporting the podcast via Patreon with a $10 a month donation, making him one of the co-executive producers of the show. So thank you so much, Robert Kerr. You can check out patreon.com slash Live if you'd like to help out. Again, that's patreon.com slash Live. Five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. This is... Sam Cook Live. Brian Mello, live in studio, <laughs> superstar extraordinaire. Uh. <laughs> Do you feel like one? No, I'm just, I'm just Brian. I just, yeah, no. Just Brian never, never from really, Hamilton. Yeah, eh? that's, that's what it is. And you are doing so well in your career right now. You're living in the States, and we're going to talk about all of that. Mm-hmm. But I kind of want to go back to the beginning. Okay. Back to when you were a kid. Did you always know you wanted to sing? Yeah, I think so. You know, I have uh, I have two older brothers, and they were in these like Portuguese English like wedding bands. So, really? Yeah, yeah. So they um, they would do like the like the Ontario circuit and stuff. And I think the earliest like music memory for me was um, they were doing this this festival, and and I was there, and um, I, all the kids were playing around around the hall, and I was just standing by by the stage because my brothers were like just superheroes to me, you know? So they knew I, I, I had an interest at a young age and they called me up and gave me a tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and that was the bug because, you know, you're this kid, you're on stage and then 200 people clapping for you instantly. Yeah. Once, you, once you get that experience, especially at that age, you kind of get hit with the bug early. So, so I did, but I didn't really end up taking it seriously until, you know, probably like after high school when I really thought, okay, let, let's dive all the way in. Now, I heard that you had someone in high school that kind of pushed you to mm-hmm. do maybe Canadian Idol. Is that is there any truth to that, or kind of led you in that direction? Did not, you have a uh, not Canadian Idol, but um, her name was uh, Mrs. Linda Gatto, and she was one of my first uh, uh, music mentors. Mm-hmm. And I I, um, I enrolled for a vocal class in grade eleven, and to be completely honest, it was it was for an easy credit. I thought, <laughs> I thought oh, I'm going to sing a little bit, yeah. you know, but I was a pretty shy kid at that point. So, uh, I didn't, my parents and my family didn't even know I could sing until I was like 17. Really? Because I just kind of kept it to myself and I just did it as a pastime. And when I went into this classroom, um, the first, um, the first day of class, she started doing do re mis for each uh, student. Uh, in class, when it got to me, I got a pretty good reaction, and she saw something in me. And she, uh, the thing with her that was so astonishing is she believed in me before I believed in myself. And she started to give me uh, solos in school, and and told me to become comfortable with being uncomfortable, and and oh. I use that till this day. And uh, and I stepped out and, and started to perform, and I started to get you know these reactions from friends and family that thought I had something. So so that was kind of one of those first seeds that started to take root because 
um, it just it just started to let me know that that if I just keep on going on like through this path that um, that the potential you know could go as far as I want it to go so she had a, a huge role in that and then unfortunately um, she passed away uh, from cancer when I was in um, when I was in high school and uh, I'll be doing a, a show in Hamilton and, and dedicating uh, the show to her as well but hmm. she, um, she, she it's just amazing what what teachers can do when they see something in a student and I'm a perfect example for that so so yeah it was uh, she was very important to me and you actually are a teacher now um, yeah. with a program that you have that we'll talk about as well. Uh, Mellow Tree is the name of that program. Yeah. And um, But I want to kind of go back um, after high school and she saw something in you. Um, I'm assuming like that gave you a bit of confidence mm -hmm. and the confidence to audition for Canadian Idol. Yeah. And this was kind of, um, I think, kind of so eye-opening for... A lot of people to, to see these musicians and to understand that Canada has talent yeah you know what I mean like because yeah. a lot of times people are like all about the the US at that time anyways it was all about the the US singers and Canada didn't have a lot of talent and when I was in radio at the time mm -hmm. that was kind of the mentality and then you know you come out of the woodworks and like now we have all these you know we have Drake and Bieber and we have you and we have all yeah. these people that are doing so well and um, and that was kind of your start so how did that feel being on that Canadian Idol stage, it, it it was surreal. It really was. And the the thing that a lot of people don't know is that was the third time that I tried out. Really? And so you were on season five. I was on season five, and I went for the, the first couple times, and and straight up, I just wasn't ready, you know. And uh, and I got great constructive criticism from uh, the people there, and I passed a couple rounds, but I just needed more experience. So after those first two times, I was like, eh, I don't know if it's for me. And I had a band by at that time called Stoked, and we were doing like the bar scene. Uh, we were doing the bar scene uh, around <laughs> Hamilton. I love the name. Yeah, well, the name is what it is. We one of the hardest things you can ever do is is name your band, you know. And I think we went through five names, and I think we settled with Stoked. Love but it. Uh, but we we would do the circuit and stuff, and and I was just kind of focusing on that. And uh, at this point, I really, really started to to get a lot of shows under my belt. I started to focus on my vocals a lot more, uh, focus on my writing a lot more. So I just felt that I was ready. And my brother and, and my best friend, it was probably a week before the auditions, and they told me to to go and give it a shot. And at the time, like I just went in to see, is this something that I can do at a professional level? Right. Or, or am I just kidding myself? Right, I was right. never thinking of, I want to go win this thing. I, that wasn't even a thought in my mind. You know, It was just about... Am I am I kidding myself? Can I just go in there and, and, and see what I got against other great talent? And, uh, you know, I, I started with one goal, you know, and it was like, get to the celebrity judges. Okay, I did yeah. that. And then from there, I got to the, you know, top 200. And then I was hoping to get to top 22. And then from there, I would be happy if we got to top 10. And it was right. like, it was just these, these goals that I was slowly set. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Oh, wait, maybe I can win this thing, right?" Yeah. Um, but it was an incredible experience because I got to meet um, incredible mentors and people in the industry, and I learned so much from them. Uh, the camaraderie that I had with the staff and the contestants that were on the show uh, was amazing. And I mean, it was like this rock star boot camp for four months, where yeah. I was learning so much with these mentors and these musicians, and learning how to rehearse correctly. You know, learning how to take care of my voice. Uh, how to be a dynamic performer, you know, so it, it, it did tons for me when I was on that show. So I love watching American Idol. I love America's <clears throat> Got Talent. I love all these reality shows. 
And um, in fact, I just watched America's Got Talent the other day, uh, The Champions. And yeah. I get so excited sitting there <laughs> when they're like, and the winner is, and the music's going, da, 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 da. You know, and you're waiting to find out who the winner yeah. is. So for you, you won yeah. Canadian Idol. <laughs> like you won it. Yeah. Like, so you're like the best in Canada. In that <laughs> moment, standing on that stage, you are the best. What are you thinking in your head when it was between J.D. Bixby yeah. and you? And they're like, and the winner is, and in that moment when he says the word is, and he says your name, are you thinking, holy shit, like this could be me. Yeah. What are you thinking? Holy shit is a, <laughs> is a, a good way to put it because yeah. it, it lasted a matter of seconds when he said it, but it felt forever, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh. I mean, if you ever see my reaction, it's like, you know, I'm not the type to like jump up and down, and but I literally, like my shoulders went down, my head went down because it was like this relief you know like and I did it yeah it was just it was incredible and then when I'm looking out into the crowd and I'm seeing my my brothers my sister my my parents uh my friends uh it was just it, it really was those pinch me moments like that only happen once in someone's life if you're lucky and I just I feel very fortunate I just feel very grateful because there's tons of incredible talent in Canada and luckily Canada saw something in me oh, and yeah. um it was just an incredible experience. It's it's really hard to to put into words, you know. And um, but at the same time, you know, that's almost where the work starts, like after the show, right? You know? And then you you start to learn more about the industry after that as well, too. And and that's a whole other journey within itself. But I mean, what a ride! I mean, I I I loved every moment of it. I really did. Now, when that's done, and you're you know you're they Brian Mello, and <laughs> the confetti comes down, and you're all. Is there a moment after you go home and go, oh, like, now what do I do? Like, was there a moment of fear or were you like, this is it, this is my life? Like, how do you feel after you win a competition like that? Because I almost feel like there's a whole, like, you must feel so excited and so happy, but at the same time, almost like fear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's always fear, you know, and I think, uh, you know, it, with with the nerves and fear, sometimes I, I, it can it can work for you or work against you. And I always I hate being scared, so so I I try to find ways to face that fear and move forward. And and usually I, I realize that uh, most of the fear was in my head and wasn't yeah. really as scary as I, as I thought it would be. But I'll tell you, they knew what I was going to do after that show because the next morning, I mean, I, I did the show. I had to wake up. We did the after party, which was insane and amazing. <laughs> I can imagine. And I, I had to wake up by like 3.30 or 4 o'clock that morning because I had interviews. And I, before 10 o'clock in the morning, I've done, I did over about 50 or 60 interviews. Are you serious? So it, it was crazy. Where, I mean, they would have um, phone conferences. There'd be 10 reporters and, and one, and each person was asking a question. It was super overwhelming, you know? And you're, you're almost in a bit of a bubble and you don't realize until maybe a couple years after. You're like... Okay, that was kind of crazy, you yeah. know, but, you know, so they kind of shoot you out of a cannon, but uh, you just got to try to hold on, <laughs> you know? Well, when you say crazy, I just, I want to grab my paper here because you've had some amazing big name celebrities say really great things about you. Um, Kelly Clarkson, um, Brian May of Queen. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? Enrique Iglesias, did I say that right? Yeah. Enrique Iglesias, um, and what <laughs> Enrique. is Enrique? Enrique. <laughs> yeah. But what does it feel like for someone like Enrique to say, like, "You're amazing"? Like that must yeah. be, that must feel so good. 
It really did. I mean, it, it just gave me a, a lot of validation that I was on the right path. Right. Because you see these types of people that are at that level, and uh, you know, you, you know, you hope that you can you can hang, you know. Yeah. And uh, so you know, like for example, Queen is one of my I my. Mean, it, like they're they're it for me. I grew up on them, and so getting to sing "Too Much Love Will Kill You" in front of Roger Taylor and Brian May was insane. And then to get um, the response I got from them uh, was just so gratifying and so validating, and uh, it just built my confidence. It's like, well, if these guys think I have something, maybe I do, you know, and maybe I shouldn't be second guessing myself, you know. And so, so. Then I just tried to work twice as hard because these types of people believed in me. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. And now you're living in Nashville. Yeah. And you've got a band there mm -hmm. and you're doing really well. And what's happening in Nashville? Give us a little taste of what's happening there and, and what goes on on a daily basis mm -hmm. in your life. Uh, well, I moved to Nashville uh, about four years ago with my band, Apollo's Crown. So uh, we're a trio, kind of similar to, you know, Fleetwood Mac, Eagles, that kind of vibe, a lot of harmonies. So very, very vocal heavy. And we decided, I mean, all of us were sort of hitting a crossroads in our life and our career when we decided to pack our bags and go down there. And, uh, and I'm glad we did because we've been able to, you know, record at Studio A where Dolly Parton did Jolene and yeah. you know, Elvis Presley did, you know, Suspicious Minds and like all these incredible artists and we've been able to do some incredible things down there. Um, so, you know, we're constantly writing, we're constantly, um, you know, going into meetings, we're performing obviously. And, and also I'm teaching songwriting, I'm teaching performance state of mind and, and just how to be a dynamic performer and, and how you can use those types of traits uh, into your everyday life as well too. So let's talk about that. So you teach uh, Mellow Tree is yeah. the name of, I, I guess it's an online program. Now that I'm in Nashville, yeah. Right, Yeah. so this is amazing. So if you're a singer songwriter, yeah. they can work with you. Yeah, yeah. And so how does, how does that work? Uh, I do uh, eight to 10 sessions right now. And, and I'm, I don't spread myself too thin mm -hmm. right now. So this is something that is just a passion project for me that I, I try to do when, when I'm down there in Nashville. And I'll have about 10 or 12 students right now. And I do a lot of co-writing with them. And and also, uh, just like, like I said before, a lot of like performance state of mind. Because I find a lot of these students are just lacking confidence and lacking belief. And like I said earlier, what my teacher said to me is become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. So. Sometimes you have to kind of break down the walls and the barriers of other things that are happening within your life before you can be a vulnerable performer or artist, right? So I, we, we try to figure that out with some of the artists and figure out what their goals are. Some of them just want a song, right? Uh, so, so we do that. And, and what I was doing before I was doing the, the uh, online program, I was doing it here in Hamilton at Studio E, and I would do classes. And I would have them go in to do uh, co-writes or I'd have them go up okay. and, and perform. So, so I'll do that sometimes too when I get back home and if I have enough time to, uh, uh, to do that with the students here in Hamilton. Um, but yeah, as of right now, we do the online programs and, and uh, it's one-on-one -on -one about you know, 60 minutes to two hours sometimes. Wow, that's cool. And that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so what, do you Skype with them? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And then you just give them tips and tricks and help them. If they want to write a song, you help them write a song. Yeah, a lot of it is, is songwriting right now, too. And, uh, yeah, that's basically what it is. We grab our guitars. Let's get creative. You know, I always encourage people to keep that imagination going and get creative. And sometimes you can be your worst critic when you're by yourself. So having a co-writer or a mentor there with you to help you at least finish writing the songs right. is, is incredibly important, you know, because, like I say, like, 
your first song isn't going to be as good as your 500th song. Right. So there, there is something in finishing songs, you know. So I, I like to get them in the habit, and hopefully when they walk away from that, they can continue to write and stay creative as well. So how does one song write? Like, in my head, I imagine that, mm-hmm. you know, you see a girl walk by and you say, ooh, she's kind of pretty. And then you go, oh, that's a great song title. And you write that, ooh, she's kind of pretty. Like, is that how the songwriting process sometimes, works? I don't know. <laughs> you, you know you're, I mean? you're, not, like, you're not too far off. I mean, sometimes it can be like that, you know, that it, it could be a catchy phrase that, uh, that you hear and, and you want to build a concept around it. Uh, there's so many different ways on how to write a song. You know, you could pick up a guitar and it could be a great riff that inspires you. Sometimes I'll just be mumbling melodies and within that words will pop out. And uh, it's almost like a puzzle revealing itself, you know? So sometimes I'll find the corner pieces of the puzzle. So, okay, what's the title, you know? And, okay, that's going to be one corner piece. Okay, what's the start of the song? What's the story? Okay, yeah. And I break it down there. And it, when it starts to reveal itself, then, you know, you start to break it down in more detail and hooks and melody. Um, but there's so many different ways on, on how you can start a song. I wouldn't say there's just one specific way. Do you ever carry around like a journal where you're like oh and you're like in mcdonald's you're like hold on i'll take take my order in a second or is there there like it's voice memos for me so So you've got your phone i have my phone and i'll i'll record an idea or or i'll go to my notes like day or night it doesn't stop i i if you and i are talking i just i think in songs ah you're thinking the ooh she's pretty song aren't you that i just said you're like oh that's a great song title it's it's not a bad hook you kind of had a good hook i was like "Ah, maybe maybe we'll <laughs> Maybe we'll we'll finish the song when we finish yeah, this podcast. Yeah, baby, <laughs> so excited, so can here I come. Oh, that's so exciting! But like, where's the craziest place you ever went? Oh, I have an idea. Like, is there a, a place where you went? I don't know. Oh man, making out with a girl, your girlfriend. And you're like, oh, hold on a second, babe. Like, yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, I try to I try to be respectful, <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, it just it comes from the most random places, but I think my friends almost get annoyed with me because they'll be in a in-depth conversation with me like you are. And I'm like, that's a song, you know? That's and it's like, it though. And that's then they're good. like, aren't you listening to what I'm saying? I'm like, kind of. <laughs> kind but, <laughs> of, you know. But I'm trying to write as well too. So it, it can happen in the strangest places, but one specific location that stands out, I can't think of it, but it, it's as random as they come. Does it, it can happen at any moment. Is there a song that you went, oh, I wish I wrote that song. Oh my God. How much time do we have? Give give me a couple. Uh, the whole Beatles catalog. Let's start with that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I love Tennessee whiskey. From uh, oh. I mean, I know I know Stapleton didn't write it, but his version's incredible. Um, you know, some of Ed Sheeran's songs are, are amazing. I'm a huge John Mayer fan. Yeah. Oh, he's oh, yeah. You're talking so, all the people that I yeah. Love so here. like slow dancing in a burning room. I mean, I love that song. Uh, Belief. Honestly, I can go on and on. There's so many artists that I I uh, I love, and yeah, you know, I think about Eric Clapton too, like uh, you know, Wonderful Tonight, you know, oh, things like that. There's yeah, just, these are all unbelievable songs. Yeah, but yeah. even even like to this day, I still sing All I Ever Wanted. Was that your song, or is that someone else that wrote it? <laughs> someone else wrote that one. Yeah, so, because I it, oh, okay okay <laughs> so sing it. All I, I ever, ever wanted, wanted but. Life got in my way. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, he's, but I, he's so good. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, with uh, with that song, it was the winner single. So um, the writers worked on on the song, and basically, whoever won the show 
sang that song and I won Adam. the show and then at midnight the song was going to radio. So you kind of recorded that ahead of time and they said, okay, whoever wins, that's the song we're going to release. Yeah, they, they, I think they had top three, top three or top four recorded it. And then when it was done, then they put out your version and there you go. <laughs> now, I'm a singer-songwriter in my bedroom and nobody knows about it and I'm, I'm not telling anybody because I don't think I'm any good but I really want to get started, but I don't know how. What are you going to tell me to make me live my dream? I, again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but like like I like I say to a lot of my artists about become comfortable with being uncomfortable. I, I mean, I think that's so true. I, I I was a scared kid before too. Again, I was I was in my shell, and if I didn't have moments where I just kind of jumped in. I wouldn't have met a Linda Gatto. I wouldn't have gone to Idol. I mean, all those yeah. things I was scared out of my mind, you know. But I think with with fear, um, we can we can really build it up to be this uh, this thing that it's not. I, I heard this great example of fear before, and it was like the Wizard of Oz. So, you know, the wizard is this big voice. Now think think of that as fear, right? Okay. But once you face the fear and you pull the curtain, you you see it's a scared little person, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's and, yeah. And and that that always kind of rang true. And it's like, you know, if you kind of dance with fear and say, you know, I respect you. I know that you're gonna be here. I know that you're always gonna be here. But I'm not gonna fight you. I'm gonna dance with you. And we're gonna figure out a way to get my like goals it. done. You know. So that's that's what I would tell students is, what do you got to lose? Pick it up. Play play a song, you know. And the thing is, you need reference points. You what know? do you mean by that? I don't understand what that means. Well, for example, like my, take my reference point of winning Idol. That was impossible to me, right? I didn't even think that was that was a goal of mine. Okay. Now, now I now that's I've accomplished that. I have a reference point that's so oh, big I to see me what now. You're saying. Okay. That when I when I think about it, I'm like, well, that was impossible to me, and I did it. So the goals that I have ahead of myself now. Why? Why would I think they're impossible? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. No. But if I do, you don't, yeah. but if you don't go huh. out and actually try to take some risks and and put yourself out there, um, you're never going to get those types of reference points. You know. And I think with the students that I'm working with now, all of a sudden they've never written a song before, and they write a couple songs with me, and they're like, "Whoa, okay, wait a second, I could actually write a song, this. and I'm actually more talented than I thought I was." So I think don't be afraid to put yourself out there and. I'm sure you'll surprise yourself most of the time. When you talk about fear, mm. how scared were you to pick up everything, move away from your family in Hamilton and say, I'm going to Nashville? Because I can't imagine that being easy. Because I know when I was younger, I picked up everything and moved to New York City. Mm -hmm. And then my parents dropped me off left and I went, whoa, I'm here and this is real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was scary and, and unsettling but uh, I mean I've always been typed to sort of embrace the uncertainty you know and and I and I have again going back to the whole reference points because I have those in the back of my mind that I've done this before that I have confidence in myself that even if it doesn't work out I'm going to figure out a way mm -hmm. I'm going to figure out another way to, to right. make I'm going to learn something from this and I knew that the option of always coming back home to my family and to my friends is there you know um so I thought you know, I'm at a certain point in my life, a certain age in my life that if I don't do it now, That's right. when, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and I just, you know, I didn't really overthink it. I just, you know, things happen for a reason. I'm a believer of that as well, too. Yeah. And when we, we hopped in a van and decided to go down there, we weren't even a band yet. We were just, uh, you know, friends mm -hmm. on a journey where Andrew and Victoria, my bandmates, 
they were um, they were in a, a duel together, and I was doing my solo thing. Uh, they met in Hong Kong of all places. Really? <laughs> and wow. they were they were performing at this dinner theater in Hong Kong, and they're engaged. They're going to be getting married really soon. So wow, that's yeah. incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> but uh, but they they came down, and I was judging a songwriting contest in Hamilton, and it was write a song in twenty four hours, and there are certain stipulations that you had to follow and stuff, and and um, so they they went in last last second to um, to do the 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 contest and they won they blew me away and wow. at that point um you know i just i wanted some uh, i wanted a female to to sing some backup with me because i was doing more like rock songs and some of the guys were having trouble singing some of those high harmonies right right so she uh so we had an opportunity she came in and andrew came in because my guitar player canceled at the time and he came in and we just built this incredible friendship um started to do some cool things like we opened up for chicago which was awesome what? um you know, we got to do some some pretty fantastic stuff together. Wow, and, that's incredible. Yeah, and and then it got to the point where it's like, you know, let's all hop in the car, let's go to Nashville. Still not a band, but let's come up with a band name. Let's do it. Um, so that if someone, you know, someone meets us, um, it's, it's not like we have an identity crisis. Like, oh, I'm Brian Mello. There, this is Andy. Yeah, this, this is, is someone else <laughs> who does this. Yeah. Yeah. So so we went in, but through that we ate, we wrote eight. <laughs> we we wrote about eight songs in a week, right. and um, and and left as a band, you know. And we started to go back for every five six weeks. We go back again, and we meet people, and we build more momentum. Mm-hmm. So that first year. We built the momentum. We we kind of like spread the seeds there, and then finally we got to a point and said, you know what? Let's let's try to go for a visa and let's really dive in and give it a shot. Nice. So so Nashville was sort of pulling us after that first year of all our visits. Oh, and Nashville is just such an amazing, yeah, amazing place to even visit to live there. It must be like unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. It's one of the fastest growing cities in in America, and even. For the time I've been there, it's it's crazy to see how much it's grown. But I, I love it. It's it's an awesome town. But it's it's like like you were saying earlier, like leaving your home. Like Hamilton is always home for me. Yeah. Like like you can't take it away from me. So and I'm so close to my family, my friends, my my girlfriend still lives here in Hamilton. So um, there's a lot here for me as well. So for me, it's always about juggling that balance of both lives. You know, because Nashville gives me something that. Hamilton necessarily might not, but Hamilton definitely gives me something that Nashville can't. So, so kind of balancing mm. both worlds for me is is probably the trickiest thing. So, and I know that Hamilton absolutely loves you. I mean, I remember <laughs> in what was it, two thousand seven, when yeah, you were on it's Canadian going back Idol. Now. It's crazy. It's going yeah. back, but I remember <laughs> the streets filled with uh, like lawn signs. You know, vote yeah. for Brian. And so Hamilton definitely like I was going for council. Or has your, it, it did look like that. It really did. But you know. Uh, Hamilton will always have your back. In fact, I, I okay, I could be wrong. I don't even now. I'm kind of feeling weird about asking this, but it, don't you have like a day? Isn't there like a Brian Mello day? Uh, they, is, yeah. is there? Well, or am I not remembering correctly? Yeah, they 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 uh, they devoted a day to me uh, <laughs> on October. Brian Mello day when? 
It was it was after the show. It's not like an annual thing. It's oh. not like people get off school for the day oh. or like that and celebrate thought, my life. <laughs> I thought I could maybe use that and tell my boss, no, it's Brian no. Melody, I'm not coming in today. Yeah, I wish, but I had it for about a year or two, which was cool. That is but really they, cool. <laughs> but they dedicated it to Yeah, stuff like that's just bizarre to me, you know? So, <laughs> Brian but, That's so cool. No one can say they had a day yeah, dedicated to themselves. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That is really cool. Now, <laughs> when you're in Nashville, I mean, this is all a lot for you. I mean, just for, for anybody, I mean, being on the show and now you're in Nashville and you're mm-hmm. meeting all these famous people and all these famous people are saying great things about you. What do you do to just go, namaste? Like, what what, what do you do to just be calm? Do you have, like, any rituals? Do you do yeah. yoga? Do you... Yeah, I do. Uh, I mean, I'm a big believer of kind of self-love, you know, and finding a routine that works for you. Um, so I've done, I don't know if you ever heard of Wim Hof and the Wim Hof breathing method. No, but I, I need to. Can you explain what that is? Cause uh, I've never heard of that. I'll, I'll try my best. They call him the ice man. So he, he can go into like sub zero temperatures, water and his, it, the temperature in his body doesn't change at all through, through this breathing technique. And it, it helps build your immune system. Uh, it can, um, uh, kind of reboot your nervous system as well. Uh, so, what? so I'll wake up and I'll do this breathing technique and I, I highly advise check out Wim Hof on YouTube. He can explain it much better than I can. Okay, so but say it again. What's it say? Wim Hof? It's his name. Yeah. And it, it's a man from, Wim I want, Hof. I want to say the Netherlands. Um, and he was going through a tough time and lost his wife and was dealing with all these emotions and he found it through, um, cold plunges and his breath. So basically taking cold showers. I do a lot. Um, breathing. I know it sucks, but I almost look at it like, like okay, if if I can deal with this, you know what I mean, and it's yeah. uncomfortable for me, what else can I deal with throughout the day? Yeah. So I'll do that. I I also meditate. So I I like to medicate medicate. I don't medicate. <laughs> <laughs> do that too. Yeah, I do that's on the weekend. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meditate. Um, I've done a practice called qigong. I don't know if you've heard of that. No. And it's. It's uh, it's kind of like the art of effortless power. You know, I'm really into this kind of stuff. No, I am too. So, so I want to learn about it. Yeah. So it's basically like these these movements that you know, similar, almost like yoga movements, but not or tai chi. Yeah. So um, tai chi is kind of slow and. Yeah, and just and you'll hit certain points in your body that kind of uh, ignite your energy and your chi, and it, it just sort of helps realign me sometimes. And uh, and then besides that, I like to journal sometimes too. And, uh, and obviously the gym. So I like to, to sweat at least once a day and, uh, and then, and hopefully eat, I feel better when I eat right too. And my background's Portuguese. So when I come home, it's the hardest cause mama mellow starts yeah. cooking up a storm. So I, I gotta be careful there, but I just, those, those are a few things that I do, but I, I try to create a routine that, uh, is going to, Kind of, if I can win the morning, I can win the day. So I try to do something, you know, each each morning that kind of sets the tone. And it's funny because I had a guest on my show um, a couple of weeks ago, and I was telling her that at night I write a couple things that I'm grateful for throughout mm-hmm. the day. And she said, "Well, that's great, but starting your day by writing things that you're grateful for is better than doing it at night." And now you're the second guest on my show that says you do things in the morning to kind of set the tone for your day. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So I, I mean, I, I would agree with both. I think um, doing a morning routine and, an, and a, a night routine before you go to bed 
I think are, are is great for your subconscious, you know? So if the last thing you do before you go to bed is write out your gratitudes, I don't see that being a... It's not a, ne it's not a negative, but, no, you no. know, maybe it's worth doing something in the morning as well. So that's good advice. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I would think so. I mean, it's so easy for us, and we're all guilty for this, of grabbing our phones and looking through Instagram yeah. and, and YouTube videos and stuff. And there's a place for that, but... Um, you know, I think I just think I work best when the first things that I do is 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 for self love and kind of filling up my tank, and then I can do those things. You know, yeah, uh, throughout yeah. the day. But but I want to to at least give myself you know a half an hour to an hour a day of just you know some form of mm -hmm. self love where I'm reflecting on myself, seeing how I can improve and and get better. I, I just feel better when I do that. Now yeah. you mentioned um, a couple minutes ago. You said that you have a girlfriend in Hamilton, but you live. Mm -hmm in Nashville. Yeah. That cannot be easy. No. So a lot of people they talk about long distance relationships mm -hmm. and how do you make that work? Uh I mean it it really comes it's a two-way street, you know. So it comes down to the two individuals and you know how much are you willing to make it work, you know, mm -hmm. when you when you love somebody. Some people after a while they just can't do it, you know. And I would say 9 times out of 10 it probably wouldn't work if I'm being completely honest. But for us it does. And we we try to do things that and boys this might sound cornball, but but well, you know, I'll do things with her where like when we FaceTime we'll watch Netflix together at the same time yeah. where we literally, okay, ready? One, two, three, go. Yeah. And we're watching a show. Any, so doing. That's so cool. I, I love, <laughs> I do love that. Yeah. And it's, it makes the distance feel shorter. So yeah. finding things that we can do, um, uh, just to make that distance feel shorter is important. So as simple as Netflix and chill night, yeah. if you can do that, that helps. Um, also your goals, growing together is incredibly important. And I think if one of us were growing and the other person uh, wasn't, yeah. you would probably grow apart. But we have very similar goals. You know, she's in the health and fitness world. Um, she she's into self love and doing a, a lot of things that that I'm into as well too. That helps. So yeah, so we we hold each other accountable, and we're growing together, and we're trying to achieve similar goals. So um, so that helps as well too because we're still on the same journey even if we're not in the same city. You know that ma that makes a lot of sense because yeah. there are a lot of people that try it and yeah. it doesn't work. So those and, are some good tips. And it's trust. You know, you got to trust each other. You got to. I mean, you know, I'm I'm not much of like a like I'll go out with friends to the bar and stuff, but it's not like I'm out in Nashville on Broadway. Yeah. You know, hey, lady. Yeah. Do it. Like yeah. I, I, I'm not doing that every weekend. You know, like yeah. I don't give more reasons for someone to think like, well, he's out partying all the time and right. stuff. Um, not that it would matter. If I did, but I think it's just easier that you just respect the individuals yeah. and, um, you know, just I just rather spend my time being with my girl than, you know, going out and, you know, getting trashed. Yeah. I mean, I, I did that in my 20s. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it sounds like you got everything together. Like, I mean, I feel like, you know, you're solid. It seems like you're on a great path. I mm. mean, do you, what is the future for you? Oh, well, I mean, there's there's some things that we have in the works right now that I can't discuss yet, but we're really excited about. But I would say this. I would say <laughs> um, I, there's something with my with my mentoring, with uh, the teaching, with my performing, songwriting, I could see all the, that whole world coming together as well. So, you know, for me, you know, it's not necessarily like 
you know, I want to climb the charts or I want to do this or I want to win the Grammys. I mean, I'd love to. I'm, I, I wouldn't say no. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's not something that like fuels me to to get all these accolades or anything like that. I want to find a way on how I can make a difference in other people's lives. And, you know, the, the way I, the only way I know to do that is through music and through, um, and through faith and love, you know? So I want to find a way on how I can do that through both worlds with, with my mentoring, with my teaching, and obviously with the music that I create and perform. That is unbelievable. And if people want to hear the music that you're creating now, where can they go and do that? Uh, you can't go anywhere yet, <laughs> but you will soon. So it'll be on, you know, um, iTunes, Apple, uh, Spotify, all that stuff. But as of right now, we're, we're still writing a ton and, and, uh, but hopefully soon. Hopefully oh, soon. so, you know, that, that leads me um, to my next question too, is that a lot of people think the music business is you win Canadian Idol mm. and that's it. But you yeah. work your butt off every single day. Yeah. And it's not like, the, it's not really instant stars like people think. These are people that have worked for years and years and years to hone their craft and then they write a, a good song and it's mm -hmm. kind of, so, I mean, you work your butt off every day. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. You have to. And uh, like I said earlier, it's kind of where the work begins. You know, the show is a launching pad, you know, and it, it helped expose me to this country and become a household name mm -hmm. and get my music on radio and stuff. But that that only helps for so long. That's right. And if you're going to ride on the coattails of that, uh, it's going to fade away. So for me, you know, it's always on, you got to do it for the love. If you're doing it for the fame, if you're doing it for the money, you're in the wrong industry. That's, yeah. You know, yeah. because it's just, it's not there anymore. It's different. You know, the industries, you know, you've been in the in the game a long time and you know how much music has changed mm -hmm. and how the industry's Very changed. Much. So, you know, it, it's about how can I get great at my craft and can I impact people with what, what I'm doing? Uh, and that just takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of reje rejection. You're going to hear it. This is a no business, you know, mm -hmm. and most Absolutely. people will say no. It doesn't mean that you're not good enough. It doesn't mean that that uh, you don't have what it takes. It's just there's different ways to do it now, you know. So, I mean, everyone defines what success is for them. And I think Bob Dylan said, if you wake up in the morning and go to bed at night and do what you love in between, you're a success, hmm. you know. And then, That's a great piece of advice. Yeah. And, and I try to remember that, you know, and I think – you know, I, 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 like you said earlier, you know, like reminding yourself to be grateful, I think is one of the greatest tools that we have and it costs nothing, you know? So I, you know, I have my days too. Sure. I'll have those, those self pity days here and there. And, you know, either myself or my girlfriend or a, a, a family friend or somebody will slap me in the head and say, snap out of it. Yeah. And now because I got these tools and I've learned throughout the way, I, I can, I can snap out of it a lot quicker than I, I did before. Um, but that's a part of the journey and that's what makes it awesome, you know? So for me, I mean, I don't know exactly what's in store, but I, I do know that music and people are always going to be a big part of my life. So we'll see how it unfolds. I'm just as, as excited as other people. I am so excited because I can, I feel like I can feel your energy and it's just so much like I, it, it's crazy. Like you have this like great energy about you. Oh, thank you. Um, you too. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and um, you were talking about, you know, being grateful every day. Mm -hmm. What are three things that you are grateful for, Brian Mello? Oh man, if I'm going to bring it down to, to three things, mm -hmm. uh, family, mm -hmm. number one, yep. health. And, um, Man, just just to be alive, man. I mean, like the odds of us being here is is crazy, you know. So, 
just just to be here is is such a gift, you know, and my life is just richer when I remind myself of those types of things. Sounds like a song title. <laughs> just to be alive. Just to be alive. All right. You know? All right. We got two now. Two songs in the bucket, she, baby. She's kind, of, she's, she's kind of pretty. Is that what you said <laughs> yeah, before? She's kind of pretty. And it's, what is it? Good day just, to be alive? No. Good day to be alive? I don't know. Yeah. We'll work on we'll it We'll figure together. it out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming by today. Thanks so I much, I really Sam. appreciate, appreciate it. it. You've been amazing. And Thank I you. literally wish you so much success. Likewise. You're, you're amazing. I oh, appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate it.